You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 122. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so stoked to have you here if you are a returning listener. Hello. I love you guys. I'm just feeling extra grateful today that I am getting to sit here and record this because this truly is just such a big passion of mine, and I feel like sometimes we take things for uh, granted, and we just don't always appreciate where we where we're at and where we've come from, and um, that's just it's it's just a good feeling I'm just all in my feelings today about uh, the fact that I get to do this and do what I love for a living and that you guys are here supporting me and so thank you thank you for that and speaking of transitioning and just coming a long way and and changes in life and all the things I think you are really really going to enjoy today's guest on the show I am chatting with someone who is the queen of transitioning and stepping into new uh, things and going from corporate life to being a business owner and going from being a city girl to a country girl and just transitioning in so many different ways, um, both personally and career uh, wise and just all the things. So I, I really cannot wait for you guys to meet her and hear what uh, she brings to the table today because it's pretty awesome. So on the show with me today, I have Erin Trusner Fisher, who is the owner of Trusner Designs, a full-service branding, marketing, and graphic design company. Her 360-degree service approach focuses on custom branding for small businesses and educating them on how to use marketing to grow and optimize for every single angle. She truly is a branding queen, and as one myself, I just have a special place in my heart for this woman. She was such a pleasure to talk to. We talked about everything from how she transformed from a city girl in heels turned solopreneur and just so much of her story is really powerful and incredible and then she also dove really deep into branding your business and how you can use branding in every aspect of your business and it's so much more than just the logos and the colors and all the things most people think about when they think of branding and we talk about finding your ideal audience and your voice and your messaging and she's just a powerhouse of information so I cannot wait for you guys to meet her and to hear all the things that she has to say. So without further ado, here is Erin. Hey, you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast hosted by yours truly. My name is Sarah Elrod and I'm a serial entrepreneur through and through. But most importantly, I'm a wifey, a mama and pretty much a crazy horse lady. I started this podcast based on an old saying my husband once told me, that every successful rancher has a wife that works in town. And being the stubborn, wannabe homesteading housewife that I am, I decided that why do I have to work in town in order to contribute? So I made it my mission to teach other rural women and entrepreneurs how to grow thriving brands online from way out yonder. Whether you live out in the middle of nowhere, have to take a dirt road to get there, or if you're just a mama who wants to stay home raising babies and cows someday, this is the place for you. On this show, we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. So grab a coffee and your favorite notebook and let's saddle up and get to work. This is the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, this is so fun. I'm so excited that we're getting to sit down and do this. Thank you so much for having me, for replying to my email. I've been trying to kind of just get on some podcasts and expand my reach. And I'm late to the podcast game. Like people told me years ago, I should have like started a podcast. And I'm just like, 
why do I do this to myself? Like, why am I so late to like learning how cool this is and all the things? So it is so fun. It was like the huge, the hugest good English, but the biggest learning curve for me. Cause I was like, okay, it's not like as simple as like posting something on Instagram or like YouTube, where I feel like they make it pretty straightforward. Like there's so like, I had no idea when I decided I wanted to do this. I'm like, what do I, who do I think I am? I don't know how to put something on like <laughs> Apple podcast. Like I got brave, like one night with a glass of wine. And now here I am trying to learn how to do it. Right. Like what is so this? So um, oh my gosh. So funny. Well, I'm super stoked. The baby is down for a nap. He should stay down for a nap the whole time, but I'm just going to say, bear with me if he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I totally, totally get it. I told you I have a 19 month old. I try to pepper in stuff. Like he goes to daycare two days a week and he's like my, it's with my, my mother-in-law, not daycare. daycare. Right. And I try to get as much done as I can the other days when he naps. So I I'm, I'm with you and I totally understand how that goes. So, yeah. and if our signal glitches out, I live in Oklahoma and I live in the middle of like the wind farm like the wind turbines mm-hmm. and they're currently turning very slowly. I'm looking out my window. Um, but sometimes if they crank them up, we'll like lose signal. And okay. so I'm like praying that that doesn't happen. But if it does, you know, that's part of Brandon Calgo, right? Like we all understand that we live in places with minimal signal. That is like my thing. I'm like, we are all in rural areas where usually moms just doing our best. So I've had babies screaming. I've had things come in and out, internet connections. Listen. Perfect is never cool. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, we it's it's very um easy going around here. Embrace the chaos. Embrace exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, Erin, I'm so so excited to have you on the show. It is truly an honor, and I cannot wait to just like pick your brain on so many different things in our conversation today. But for anybody that is listening who is not familiar with you, hasn't heard of you, doesn't know what you do, do you want to just go ahead and share a little bit of your story, who you are, what you do? all the things. I would love to. Thank you so much for for having me today. I'm so excited. Um, So yeah, um, my name is Erin. I own Trustner Designs. I'm a full service business branding, marketing, graphic design company. I also dabble in wedding invitations. That's just for my own pure joy of doing it. Um, But the bulk of my business is working with small businesses um, and a lot of them Western um, gear to fully brand their businesses, give them standout imagery, strategy on how to use them um, and things like that. So I I love what I do. I always say I love that. And I love who I work for. Um, Small businesses really is a big deal. And uh, it's just every day is different. And it's a a really fun uh, life. I get to live doing that from the comfort of my old farmhouse. Mm, that's so cool. I love, I love who I work for. That's really funny. <laughs> I do. I do. I say it all. I'll tell every client that too. I love, I love it so much. It's business is so fun. Everybody is so unique and has a different approach and it's just really fun to, to work with uh, different personalities and different styles and, and kind of make their businesses come to life. For sure. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so funny because with every interview that I do and every new episode, I always, like go deep into, into the people I'm interviewing just to get to know, not just your business, but you a little bit. And it was funny because the first time I went on your Instagram, I, (laughs) it was funny because the first thought I had had nothing to do with what you do or anything like that. But I was like, oh my gosh, she's really good at makeup. Oh, that's funny. Well, thank you. It's probably the filter. (laughs) I literally was like, oh my gosh, 
Like, I don't even want to ask you business questions. Can you teach me how to do my makeup? <laughs> uh, you know, what's so funny is before I, you know, embrace my own philosophy of, you know, speaking to my target audience and things I teach my clients to do for their businesses. I used to have highlight bubbles for, um, I love to cook. And I have a separate like blog page for like my recipes and, and stuff. Um, so I started that last year. But one of the things people had asked me for was a makeup tutorial. And I'm just like, no, I am. I'm a, I fly high on the Walmart aisle. Like I'm not doing anything fancy that anybody else is not doing. Um, but it's, it must, it's the, the fake eyelashes are probably, <laughs> they just, they make me look awake. And I think that must be some sort of secret sauce. <laughs> I will, I will say I'm a big fan of the, the fake eyelash thing. Cause I, I was on that for a while. It was like, I, I tried it once and I was like, wow, this is pretty great. And then I went through this whole like month where I just put them on every single day and people are like, what are you doing? It's like Monday morning. Why are you wearing fake eyelash? I'm like, I feel great about myself right now. Okay? Listen, don't knock my eyelashes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Leave I, me alone. Exactly. I use those ones now that they you blew them onto the underside of your lash and they last like, they say five days, but I'm a cheeky and I will glue them back on if they fall off. So I get like a solid month out of them. Great purchase. I love that. Yes. I, I, I'm all about it. The magnetic ones. I haven't quite figured out. Those are like a little trick. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it for whatever reason, I guess. Cause again, I'm stuck in my ways and I was like glue. I can do, glue, yeah. I, can, I can do the glue yeah. and um, yeah, love them. So that's probably what it is. I just look awake. I, I love that. Even though I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all just half awake here, but at least we, we're faking it till we make it for sure. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. So tell me a little bit about just kind of your background and your story. I mean, you're married, you have kids, and like where, how did you kind of get to being, because I, I know that you started off not as a business owner, like you haven't always been entrepreneurial or an entrepreneur. So what kind of led you to get to be where you are today? What got you interested in what you do and, and what are kind of, what's that journey look like for you? Oh, wow. So I know so, so many things. Ask this question because I always say that if I ever have a chance to meet Reed Drummond, who's the pioneer woman, for those who don't know her by first name, uh, which we probably all do. <laughs> um, I, we have such a similar part of our journey is so similar. So I always joke that if one day I get to meet her, we're going to have a heyday going over like the similarities in our stories. So I grew up and I was very country club, not country. So I grew up private school, playing golf with my dad and my friends on the weekends. Um, you know, just, I had this whole life mapped out of, I wanted to live in this certain historic neighborhood uh, and, you know, raise my kids in private school and all, you know, like the, the, the mom escalate, like all the things. And then I got to be in my mid twenties. So not old, I'm 35 now. So it was about 10 years ago. And I just was like, you know, I would love to have like land and horses. I've always gone to horse, like riding lessons with my friends when I was little and stuff like that. But I wanted like a different experience on that. I wanted the, this life that I have now. And at the time I graduated college and went to Oklahoma State, uh, I had a wonderful job working for um, a company that specialized in high net worth finance. So we worked with large income individuals um, on managing their money. And I was the youngest VP of marketing in the history of the company. I think I still hold that title. I don't know if that I should be proud of that or not, um, but I was 24 loved my job. I got to do some marketing. I got to do some finance stuff. Um, my degree was in marketing, so it felt very right to use that. And um, 
And then the shortest way I can tell it is one day my boss came into my office and said, I need you to design the company Christmas party invitation. And I was like deer in the headlights. Um, and of course, you know, what comes out of my mouth is yes, ma'am. Of course, I'm going to do that for you. Why, why? I have no other option. Right. And so instead of me just like an idiot going online and just buying an invitation, I somehow took it upon myself that I was like, I am going to learn how to use this design software that's sitting on my computer and I'm, I'm going to do it really well. And so I remember watching YouTube videos and just, I'm just trying to make one invitation, mind you, like this is not something they've thrown in my lap for everything they want me to do. And I figured it out and turns out they loved it. And so they started asking me to design other marketing materials related to my job for the company. Fast forward a few years. Um, and then I, I did that for them, uh, at the time I worked for them and about a year in just doing it for them. I thought I could do this for other people, you know, side me, I'm 24 years old. You try to save all the money that you can at that point. And so I started to do wedding invitations for my friends at that age of 24, 25, everybody's getting married. They don't want to spend a whole lot. So I was giving away the farm essentially on (laughs) what I was making. Um, And I started to do just, you know, other things, the envelopes and the liners. You you start out and think it's just the invitation. And as you learn, you're like, oh my gosh, that's not all. (laughs) That's not all that's involved. So I started a side business, which is Trustner Designs, what I have today. I did it part-time until um, 20, uh, well, I started full-time in 2017, 2018, but my business really took off in 2015 when I started to work with small businesses on business branding, logo design, things that I was trying to merge my degree and what I loved about marketing Mm -hmm. and management with small business like I was, because I related to them trying to start this business and all these things. And I never saw it going full time. It really wasn't even a thing in my my mind. Um, I loved corporate life, which I know now I'm just like, oh my gosh, why? <laughs> but at the time I loved it. And um, and then I just realized in 2015 when I started to combine my natural inclination for marketing and how to promote businesses with my design skills that I had worked really hard to hone um, for this other company. Uh, I just was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for this. I mean, I think this, there's a place for this and there's, there's, um, there's a need for, for, for this going on and buying a stock logo template. And so I started really pushing it and marketing my business on social media. And in 2017, it came down to um, my now husband looking at me and saying, do you want to ever sleep again? Because you are just spread so thin. Um, and so I took this scary leap in 2017 and I became my own boss. And here we are. And it's 2023. 20, oh my gosh. And I've been in full business for 12 years next month and full time uh, since 2017. And that's oh the shortest gosh. day I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love so much of that. I love that. I love when things like this, like your whole life trajectory essentially has changed from your boss asking you to make a Christmas invitation. Like that is the craziest, best story I've ever heard. And I love when things start out like that. Like it was never even a thought in your brain. And then just that one little thing has turned into what you have today. And I think that is just 
the coolest thing ever. And there's so many things I want to touch on from what you've said. But one of the first things I want to ask is I know you said, I loved how you phrased it, that you were a, um, a country club girl yes. <laughs> country. And I love that. And going from those two very different lifestyles, was there like culture shock for you kind of entering into that whole different realm of life? Yeah. So, I mean, not as much as you would think, like some people probably, yes, but I'm just very, I mean, I'm just like, if I know I want something, I'm a very decisive individual. So what ended up happening was, um, I met my, I've known my now husband since, um, college and I ended up actually, I was in that job that high net worth finance. I was married to my college sweetheart that ended. Um, I found myself alone just not in a good place in my life on a personal level. So I threw everything I had into my work because it was something that I could control. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's also why it took off is because I just was like, I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to go for. So anyway, my husband and I started dating, um, and I had known him. I knew where he was from. I knew all the things he wasn't leaving. He's farms part-time with his family. In addition to being an entrepreneur himself, And I knew that if our relationship was going to work and we wanted to make it, that I was going to have to move uh, to tiny little Northwest Oklahoma, um, which is, I'm really only about an hour and a half door to door from where I was from before. Um, But I was going to have to make the lifestyle change that I, I wanted in the back of my head, but obviously I had no idea what I was getting into really on the nitty gritty level. Um, So I started spending weekends out on the farm and all that stuff. And then I just thought, I can work from here. I can work from, this is, this is doable. Um, and yeah, there was culture shock. I mean, for sure. Like, you know, I didn't really miss the conveniences. Like, I mean, I love me some Chick-fil-A. Let's not, let's get one thing straight. Like I love Chick-fil-A, but I didn't miss the conveniences that people who knew me thought I was going to be missing by moving into the middle of nowhere and the nearest Walmart being 45 minutes away and all the, all the things, you know? So, um, I think the only time I had culture shock was when we were driving home from the city one night, we had gone to dinner or something just to get out of the house. And we were driving home and it's pitch dark in the winter. And I remember him being like, okay, I got to get up in the morning and go break ice for the cattle. And I'm like, I got to get up at what time <laughs> to do what? Yeah. To do what? And- I'm like, what, why do we have to do that? You know, I'm like, you just, you don't know what you don't know at that yeah. point. And, yeah. um, so I think I was like, what did I do? Like, what, what did I get myself into? My weekends are full of fence, fence building and, you know, breaking ice for cows and stuff. I just was such a foreign concept to me. Um, and that was the only, it only lasted just, it was just a flicker in my mind. And then I just went, no, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, I'll get comfortable with it and I'll learn. Um, and I think that's helped me. I like to learn clearly. (laughs) And so it helped me, uh, out here because I just embraced it and I thought I'm going to live here. I have to know how to do all this. Yeah. It is crazy how we just learn to adapt in situations like that. Cause I was kind of in a similar situation, like, you know, always country girl at heart. I mean, I grew up riding horses and things like that, but always lived you know, I, I grew up living in the suburbs and it was, you know, I would board my horses and things like that. And actually moving out into 
the country and like rural areas. And I moved all the way to North Dakota with my husband before he was my husband. We like, he was working in the oil fields at the time. And so I was like, oh, sure. I'll follow you out there and move to a tiny little town in North Dakota. And I was like, wow, there is not much here, but you do, you really just adapt and you think it's, you almost think it's going to be worse than it really is. Cause once you're there, you're like, this is fine. Like, I don't mind the drive into town to go do whatever. And you know, he, he was, he was all about it too. He lived up in Montana in a super tiny town that was like four hours from the nearest target. So I'm like, you understand this. This is very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is. It is amazing as, as well as women, as you know, the lifestyle that we live, how adaptable, I mean, we can be mm-hmm. uh, to situate just any situation, but it's, it's different when you're, when you relate to the life you kind of just know that it's going to be a part of it, I guess, like permanently Mm -hmm. that you're going to have to adapt. Um, and now I look forward to it. Now it's not so much of an overwhelm for sure, which I'm sure you can relate to as well. So I think you just realized too, like how superficial all that other stuff is like, that was a big one for me is it's like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss living 10 minutes away from target or whatever. But then it's like vigorously nodding my head. Yes. That they cannot see me. Once you're doing it, once you're out there, you're like, okay, like I still love me some target, but it doesn't mean that that's not at the front of my brain. Like there are so many pros to living this lifestyle that I would give up, give up target in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, RIP target, but I would, we all, we all have been there. You know, it's like, we have to make those choices if we want this life. And I, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just so funny. I mean, I'm seven and a half ish years into this life. Now I finally feel comfortable. Like I always say now, like at first when I put on a cowboy hat, I was like, I look stupid. I don't want to, you know, like what is, I wanted to wear one so bad. And now I'm just like, if I can't wear my cowboy hat somewhere, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, this is my life now. And you, know, you settle into that and you're right. Like it, it's, it does feel surface level. So, some of it feels surface level when you get out and you realize what all is waiting out here. But I mean, seven and a half years later, I still have friends that are like, God, you really like, you know how to do, you know, X, Y, Z, all the things we talked about before, like you really are country, you know, now from what you used to be. And it's like that seven year time frame to them is so condensed uh-huh. that they don't realize how long it's taken me to really feel comfortable and, and embrace this lifestyle that I wanted. And that, um, you know, the good Lord gave me because of who uh, my husband. Um, so but yeah, it's funny that when you go back and which I go back, obviously a lot, my, my son sees his grandparents in the city and stuff. And it's just, it's always just funny that when you run into somebody, Oh, you still live in there you still you still have cows. <laughs> yep. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I am not leaving. <laughs> yeah, I'm here now. <laughs> yes. So you used to work in network financing. <laughs> High net worth financing, but yes. I know. Okay. Yes. So what what is that first of all? And for people like me that have no idea what that means. And what did you do in that kind of role? And how has that has that helped you at all? Do you feel like in what you're doing now as a business owner, do you feel like that has transferred anything for you? Because I feel like going from a job that to me, who has no idea what that is, that sounds like so superior and elevated and important. <laughs> like I read that and I'm like, wow, that sounds like a big, big girl job. Like, I don't know. It was a big, means. it was a big girl job and it landed. I didn't know anybody. I, I found an ad in a newspaper. Okay. Back when you actually found your job in the newspaper. 
And I remember they sent me this packet that was, oh my gosh, two inches thick of these papers. They were really, the thing that hit me is most people would open the packet and think like, oh my gosh, all this for what? You know, like an entry level marketing position. And my thought, and and to some credit, my dad pointed this out to me, um, is that they're investing in their people. And you want to work for someone that's investing in their people and looking for the right fit for their company. And so I just I filled all of it out. I got an interview and I learned later that 43 people had interviewed for this position and I got it. And um, I remember asking why. And they said, you just had perspective beyond your years at 23 years old at the time I got the job out of college, um, which was such a compliment to me because I always felt like an old soul, but sometimes it felt like it was holding me back. And to have them tell me that it was actually an asset was mm-hmm. great. So what I started out just as a director of marketing, it was a very small company that specialized in high net worth financing. And what that is, is just, or finance. And that is just working with high net worth individuals, people who have 500,000, a million plus, 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 yeah. um, and they're investing it in, you know, stocks, bonds, the, the stock market, like all of that. And basically they're a money manager for those types of people. Um, yeah. And it was small. I think at the time they had 16 employees total. Um, And I really, the part that was the best learning experience for me, A, being so young and wanting to be a sponge, was that my boss's boss, which was the CFO of the company, is who decided to hire me. Um, And he became instrumental in my life. He's my business mentor to this day. He's a wonderful man. And he really took the time to have individual one-on-one meetings with me when he could be going out and trying to get a $5 million client. He took time out of his day to sit in with me and do personal development and self-development. And so to have that person, and they all were invested, but he particularly stood out to me because he could have easily been going to do something else. And he chose to invest in me because he saw something in me. And so I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot about um, the 360 degrees of personal development, you know, just making sure that you're investing in yourself so you can pour into other people. And that was a big one for me. And I've kind of taken that into my business now. Um, mm-hmm. And he was fully supportive too of the whole side business thing. Like I was like, I think I want to do this. Like, is this allowed? Can I have this? And he's like, no, I think that's great. It's your creative outlet from your day job. That's a lot of paper and a lot of technical financial reports. And so that was nice too, to have him be just all around supportive of the things that I wanted to do, whether they benefited him or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I worked there. I loved my job, loved my job there. Uh, and then, you know, just life happens and you move way into the country. <laughs> yeah, right. And just, you know, you just randomly leave. <laughs> there, there she goes. So, um, but that, that really, I mean, that job, it was, it was important. It was, he made me feel like I was important, which is, wonderful to have. Um, and it did teach me a lot of baseline business practices, whether you have multiple employees or you're just yourself. So I will forever be grateful for my time spent there. Um, cause it really did. It laid a good foundation for me as a businesswoman to then when I'd made the decision to be my own boss, um, it didn't feel, it was daunting. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it yeah. felt a little less daunting to have that foundation in place. That's awesome. And I love that your business journey started off and just how I've talked about this before on the show, but just, I love the idea of pivoting businesses and how you can start one thing and it just turns into, it's like this domino effect of it just turns into different things, how it started as 
you know, the, the design aspect of, uh, and I mean, I know you still do a lot of that, like the wedding invitations, which I think is really cool, but how that has turned into branding and marketing and, and it's they're they're related, but they're not. And I think that's so cool how that all got started. So what about the wedding? Like, how did you get started? Did you immediately, when you decided, okay, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to do this design thing. Did that immediately jump into wedding invites and, or just, were you taking on anything and everything? Um, a little like, bit of how, both. what did that side of things look like for you? Yeah. So it started out again, did the invitation. I had a friend be like, Hey, I'm eloping. I just want to do like a, a simple invitation, like sent out to friends and family. I'm like, yeah, I got you. I can do that. No problem. And so I was in that season of life, like I said, where a lot of my friends were getting married, we're mid twenties, you know, you're kind of in that prime time. I, I did all sorts of invitations, birthday invitations, like retirement invitations, like all, all of it. And, um, if it take, it will take a deep dive because there's thousands of posts now, but on my Instagram, when you scroll back you can see the evolution of where I was posting, you know, birthday party invitations. And then when I decided to go, um, full time, when I had about a year and a half of doing the business branding and the logo design thing under my belt, I had to make a decision on if I was going to make that an offering or not. So I just scaled back to just weddings um, because I just didn't have time, the physical time in my day to hammer out, you know, four birthday party invitations, six wedding suites and just all the other things. So I, I did, I made the decision. I went where the money was, (laughs) obviously the money was wedding and the money was branding and marketing businesses. Um, but every once in a while, if I get a request from an old friend to do an invitation for their kid's birthday, I can't say no, I have to do it. It might not go on the, it might not go on the Instagram feed, but I've, uh, I, I can't say no, I can't resist it if I can fit it into my schedule. Cause it's nostalgic for me to remind yeah. myself of where it, where it started. Uh, and so, you're so yeah. talented at it too. I mean, I was oh looking God, at some of your work you. and they're, they're so beautiful. And I'm like, man, I, I just, I love, I loved the design brain. And I mean, I'm like an artist at heart and I want to be so good at like drawing and designing things. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I like got an iPad this at the end of last year with like an Apple pencil. And I just like find myself drawing on it all the time. I'm like, I want to be a designer at heart. But at the same time, I'm like, I cannot add anything else <laughs> to my plate right no. now. Like, do not do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is fun though. It's a fun, it's a fun little just hobby, you know? Calling all photographers, do you struggle with coming up with content ideas throughout the year and knowing what to post every single day? Trust me, I get it, I've been there, and I have a solution. I've created a brand new resource just for you. It's an entire year's worth of content pre-planned out so you will not have to think about what to post for the entire year of 2023. Literally, I am not kidding. This resource is a calendar style resource that provides 12 months worth of content, what days to post, what days to take a break, prompts on what to post exactly, or just inspiration for ideas. It's the end all be all for your content for this year. And I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this. Head to sarahelrod.com slash year of content, or you can also go to the Sarah Elrod shop to find it as well. That's sarahelrod.com slash year of content or sarahelrod.com slash shop. So how, so when you started your, your adventure with, with designing stationery and things like that, how did that evolve into the marketing and the branding and, and what made you fall in love with branding? And I did take notice. I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but your whole outfit that you're wearing right now, I know nobody can see you, but is very on brand. 
<laughs> it's so on brand. And, you know, I was like, I want to wear pink today. Like, and I'm, it's so funny because I'm not very girly, to be honest with you. But for some reason, I love hot pink. And I literally put my outfit on today and I was like, I know people can't see me, but this is just like, it's so ingrained in me to brand every aspect of business that I literally dress like it and I don't even mean to. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and then well, I, mean, I first noticed, I was like, okay, hot pink. Hilarious. And I was like, wait, her branding is hot pink. I was like, was that intentional? That was literally, so which is hilarious because my, I mean, I love hot pink, like in clothing and stuff, but my favorite colors are like chocolate brown and like rusty pumpkin. It's just, I'm this weirdo that likes like both bright and the, and the neutral yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I, had I, can that up. I was, I like, can appreciate I, you that I you totally noticed. noticed. <laughs> it's hysterical. So, oh, to answer your question. So I, when I started to do, I actually had someone approach me about a logo design. Like when I was in the midst of the throes of just the invitations, that's where I saw it going. That's where I saw you know, like my business direction heading. I had someone say, Hey, do you do logos? Like I started this business. Um, and she was actually a lip sense rep. So she sold Cinegens and I was like, yeah, I can try. Like I, it was more like I, for some reason I didn't want to do it because it just wasn't where the fire was in my brain at the time. Yep. And then I was like, I'll do it. Of course, like, let's work together, do it. Well, she ended up loving it. Thank goodness. That is the first step. And I was like, okay, actually, that was kind of fun. Like, I liked that. That was fun. So we ended up creating an entire marketing arsenal for her. Just again, based on my degree, the things I like to promote for other businesses. I was like, huh. And that's when the light bulb went on. That Like I could combine my talent, my natural talent for graphic design that just like God had to just show me because there was no other, there's no other explanation for that Mm -hmm. Uh, with my love of marketing and, and the stuff I learned working in finance, um, just about business in general. Um, And I was like, I could do this. I could brand businesses for people. I know what I'm talking about on the marketing and and side and, and, you know, no problem. And so um, turns out she knew a lot of people and she told a lot of people about how it was to work with me. And pretty soon I was making five figures a month off of just the people who were lip sense synergence reps that wanted to brand their businesses themselves. They were allowed to do that. They could get a logo and, and all these pieces that they needed. Um, and so I decided to open an Etsy store just for sheer ease. Cause I didn't have a website at that time. I'm still mind you, lots of word of mouth. Um, and I was doing five figures a month easily, um, working with network marketing people, uh, social Mm -hmm. selling. And then once the wave of Cinegents kind of quit, a lot of them moved to LuLaRoe. And so I rode the LuLaRoe train. Mind you, I'm still getting, they're being very kind people, very, very nice because they're referral based, I think. And they realized the power of a referral. They were sending their friends and family to me who had cattle operations, who had small business boutiques, who had, you know, all these other things. So I was getting a very, very, uh, crash course and working with a lot of clients very, very quickly. Yeah. And thank goodness I'm efficient. <laughs> I have a creative brain, but I also am very type A. So that definitely worked in my favor to manage the clients that I had. Um, and so, uh, I just tripped over a rock and my face fell in cool whip. Like, I mean, I just was, I had such a sweet deal that it was just, I mean, I was so grateful to those people for referring that turned into live trainings on Facebook and their groups of seven, 8,000 people on branding, marketing, social media, how to show up authentically online. 
all these things. So the exposure was just like a firework. Um, and I'm so grateful. I still stay in touch with a lot of the leaders of those groups to this day. They know like they've done other businesses now, boutiques and different things. And I've branded those businesses. And the fact that they just keep coming back, just, it just humbles me every single time I see their name. So that's kind of where the trip made from (laughs) just an invitation company to like, trying to combine skills I was confident in and then that I had with the design work and working with all these wonderful people. And then now I don't do hardly any of that. Now it's a lot of referral based, a lot of social media based, just just small businesses. That's my, that's my target audience. That's my niche. That's what I like to do. Um, and that's how it, that's just the ever evolving rock down a hill that is Gosh, that's, I mean, that, what a, what a crazy, like, I guess niche to fall into or, or just group of people and, and how, I mean, word of mouth is probably in my opinion, one of the best ways to get exposure. I think it's so much more powerful than anything. And I, I mean, that, like you're right, like those types of business structures and those types of that whole area of business is so referral based. And so to like land smack dab in the middle of that, where they are just like pushing you out. I mean, that's amazing. And, and I bet just ask for anything more. It was truly remarkable. They know to this day, they know how grateful I am. I try to tell them every single second. Like, so if you're listening and you know of a small business, go out and give some word of mouth because it is truly like we I do the most ridiculous happy dance when that stuff happens. <laughs> so you offer like a full suite of things. You offer full branding for clients. What does that look like for what, like how, if you have somebody new that wants to come to you and says, okay, like I'm a new business, like I need help. What do you, what is it that you do for them? So the first thing I would say is we always do a complimentary call because we got to talk about what you're doing, what your goals are how you're reaching your audience. Do you know your target audience? And some people, it really surprises them. They think they know and they really don't. And that's that's okay. That's what I'm there for. Um, so it's just, it's a brand exploration. It's about the business. And then I offer three packages for branding based on budget. Um, and with me, branding is not just a single logo. I used to do that. And you know, as you evolve in your business and you realize that what, I I always knew that branding was more than a logo and I didn't know how to go out there and tell people that because it's a very common misconception that people think that either your product or your offering, whatever you have, your service or your product is your brand. And then some people think that your logo is your brand Mm -hmm. and that's not true. (laughs) And so I finally, actually it just happened in the last year or two. I finally decided to stop offering the single logo design because I felt like I was, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I feel like I was like half-assing my clients on accident. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to not give them the full experience, but it was hard to give that across and and make them understand the value of branding. And so I, I redid some messaging and this year is really about like when you are on with me, it is 360 degree service. I mean, we, we pick a branding package that suits your business based on budget and needs and things like that. Um, then we, I have, I have available e-courses and private Facebook groups that go over strategy. So if you are like, I'm struggling with how to put all these things in place or what, what is, what else is involved in branding besides the two logo designs you made me and the color palette that we decided on together, you know, so we go over all of that and how 
you can actually use branding to make money in your own business, how branding is so important for identity when it comes to the business world. Um, Because let's face it, especially after COVID, but even before then, small business has exploded. And we have to figure out when we work together, how we make what you do and what you offer stand out from people who do the same thing as you. Mm. And so we work really hard on that. That's why I came out with the e-course suite, which is called um, Business Engaged. It goes over all sorts of business topics, top to bottom, left to right, inside out on how to run a small business. Um, And then my Facebook group actually launches March 1st and it's called Business Elevate. And it will be daily action items and things like that to go over and just I tell you what to do and you just do it <laughs> and it will help with your small business. So you're not struggling to think of as many content ideas. You're not struggling like, well, if this happens to me and on the back end, what do I do now? Um, I'm there to handhold and answer all of those questions um, based on your business. So it's just the, the offering now is full service because I'm so passionate about what branding can do for your business because it did it for me. I've done it for other people and seeing the results. Um, so it's about educating on what it is and how you can use it. Um, because anybody can own a small business, anybody Mm -hmm. can do that, but to make it great and to make it stand out and to be truly unique is it takes some, a deep dive of thought. Mm -hmm. And I try to start that process with my clients. So they kind of go, okay, I didn't really consider that, but that makes sense. I would like to do X, Y, Z, because I always say like, I'm the prime example. I figured out what I wanted to do. I, took it and I pivoted. And I love that you used that word earlier because I use that word all the time with my clients to say, we have to pivot if you want to do this, you know, and the goals aren't necessarily all monetary. Obviously we want to keep the lights on. We want to, you know, do the things and feed our families. Um, But it's fun when they have other goals too, and to be able to tweak the strategy to help them accomplish those goals um, as well. So it became 360 degree service. I design it with you. We work together. It's all totally custom top to bottom. So it's unique. I can teach you how to run your business and elevate your business. If you're just in a, like I'm stuck in a rut and things are not working right now. Uh, and then I have access to full service printing because of my wedding invitations. So if you have business cards, marketing items, if you need things produced like banners, trade, like whatever you're doing for your business, um, I can get it and send it to your door too. So I just like people. I love my clients and I want them to stay with me. (laughs) So 360 degrees is the total approach. I love that you offer something like that because I think that is a huge thing that like it it would be enticing to so many people because it can be frustrating as a business owner to feel like, okay, I have to go to this person for this thing, this person for this thing, this person for this thing. And that can get really like complicated. And so I love that it's just a one-stop shop. You just, you kind of do that whole thing. And I think that's like really smart on your part and, and helpful for just anybody that is looking for that. Cause that, that can be, it's so overwhelming when you start a business and that's what I was going to say, you're overwhelmed by the entire thing of, of running and starting a business, or if you're stuck in a rut and you're not, you're not doing as well and you want to kind of elevate your business. Yes, exact nail on the head. What you said is that you don't need to go to 87 different vendors for your marketing stuff. Let's do it. Let's create it all together. Like let's learn about it. And mm-hmm. you have enough on your plate as a small business owner to not have to worry about like, I can take care of at least that little corner of your world for you. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. And and I just love that, you know, you're a branding girl like me. I mean, you love helping these, these small businesses grow and, and I'm all about it. I mean, hence literally this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've talked about branding before, but I think one of the things that I haven't yet gone super deep on is just how you do weave in branding into every aspect of your business. And like you said earlier, I think it's something that a lot of people don't think about. They, they think about their branding as a logo or just the colors or just this or that. And and they don't realize that it's a combination of so many things. So can you maybe elaborate on just things in people's businesses that aren't necessarily what most people think of when they think of branding? Like what, what yeah. all can be branding in your business? Absolutely. So I would say there's an opportunity to brand any aspect of your business, do it. So examples would be, again, the baseline, your logo packages, like you have your logos that you're using, you're putting it on things, you're making sure that it's out there in the world on your social media, on your print pieces, on, you know, anything and everything on your website for people to see. Yeah, all your colors that you use. So if we come up with a color palette, I'll just use my process, for example, because it's what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we go over color palette. We talk about the colors that you want to use to evoke the emotion in your brand and what you want people to feel and what they you want your audience to gravitate toward. So you have your colors and of course your fonts. So I see a lot of businesses, they're going on Canva and they're making social media graphics and they're not branding those. They're using different like trendy templates or things like that. And they're not taking the time to go in and just change the colors, change the fonts uh, and make everything look like it came from you know, X, Y, Z company. Right. Um, I get it that it's easy, but once you get all that stuff loaded in there, it's a, it's a snap minor loaded in there. Like if you, if I use Canva as an example, cause a lot of my clients use, <laughs> use Canva for like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's your, it's all that baseline stuff, the logos, the color palettes, the fonts threaded throughout every single thing you are putting out into the world. Um, it is your social media templates, your website, um, and using those things, those baseline things, the logos, the fonts, the colors on all of that. Um, it's even, you know, we gotta, once we find your target audience, which I work with my e-course clients, um, and my private Facebook clients on that, um, uh, once we tap into who that is, you know, it's messaging. It's how you're talking to them. How do they need to be talked to, shown, educated, provided the valuable information um, to know that it came from you? So it's not, you know, I, I see a lot of people, and there's a place for them. You know, they throw the quote up on the so on the on the social media posts and, and stuff. But you got to provide the value with mm-hmm. what you're doing. Got to tell people why they need you. So it's all of that messaging. Um, it's again, it's your strategy on how you're going to reach your target audience. Once we find who that is, you know, you're going to do certain things for certain target audiences that you wouldn't for others. Um, it's finding out where they're coming from. Are they going to your website? Is you know, are you are you hooked to Google Analytics? Do you know that you're getting 1500 website hits a month. And once you're, once you're all locked in there with Google analytics, it's going to spit these numbers out for you and tell you like so many people purchased, here's your bounce rate, all these terms that yes, eyes glaze over, but they're so important when you know what they mean. Um, and how to then go reach that audience. Cause you know where they're coming from, what they want, what their pain point is, and you're providing the value that they need before that's the key before <laughs> they buy from you. <laughs> yes. So, and it's goals too. It's your goals as a business owner. I mean, you're going to have different goals based on the industry you're in. I mean, obviously again, we all go back to, we want to keep the lights on and want the money flowing in, but how are we going to get there? What are the goals to get to that point? Um, and 
So it's just, it is so much more than the logo file that you let sit on your computer and might be on your website header, but we're not doing anything else to, to, um, you know, special, like make your business stand apart. So it's a, it's a lot, but that's a, that's a short, (laughs) that's a short view of, of, uh, the things that you can do. Um, I mean, a lot of us right now, we have online businesses We're referral based, or we're putting out content that is capturing people's attention for, you know, whatever reason, is it educational? Is it inspiring? Is it controversial? You know, whatever reason we're doing these things. Um, and so to kind of know where your audience is coming from is just going to be able to provide more value and you're going to be able to brand all that stuff on top of that to sell more of what you offer. Yeah. Well, and one of the things you said too, that I think is so important and that so many people don't think about is you do think of branding as, as like visual things, you know, the colors, the logos, the fonts, the things like that. But you mentioned like your messaging and just your voice and the people that you're trying to reach in that target audience. And I think a lot of people don't understand that that is a huge part of your branding and just how that weaves everything together. And what I've found in just like when I've been doing this is that a lot of people don't know how to find their target audience or they don't even know who their target audience is or why it's even important to have a specific target audience. You know, I think so many new businesses are like, I want to just, like you said, to keep the lights on, like I'll take anybody and everybody and I don't care who it is. But I think, and and there's like that misconception of if you niche down, niche down, however you say it, but, <laughs> um, you know, that you're, you're saying no to more people and that's going to be less money for you. But in reality, it's, it's such a powerful tool when you do have that one specific group of people that you're trying to talk to. And it doesn't mean you can never work with anybody else outside yeah. of that, but <laughs> that is your specific, you know, group of people that you're talking to. So do you have any advice or tips or what's kind of your process for helping your clients kind of figure out who their target audience is and then how do you reach those people? Right. So again, I always use myself as the example. I have the wedding arm of my business and I have the branding arm of my business. So I'm not offering one thing to one person. Something with target audience, once we talk about how to find them here in a second is it's not about talking only to them across, like if I talked all wedding, they wouldn't know I did branding stuff as well. Right. So I always say like, it's about like, if you're putting stuff out on social media or email, if you do a lot of email or text marketing, talk to one person in that message. Don't mix the message, but your post can be, I'll just use social media because a lot of us are, that's like the main thing we're doing. Um, you know, like I can talk directly to my wedding clients in a post and no branding stuff appears. And like, I will get a wedding client because I just spoke to their pain point. I'm not trying to mix the messages, if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. Um, so yes, you can talk to more than one type of person. If you have a business that's geared toward that. Um, but it's about targeting them in the specific message and calling them out in the specific, um, message. But a lot of businesses to that point do have an actual target audience that is very niche down. Um, and I get it. It can be totally scary to be like, I only have to talk to this type of person. Like what about Susie and Jane and, you know, all these other people over here that you think you're missing out on. And you'll discover as you get down the road of business or you need a pivot in your business because things aren't going like maybe like you wanted to, that 
speaking to those people directly and offering them value, you're going to get more business. That vacuum is going to start reversing eventually once your consistency stays on, on top of things and you keep doing it. They're going to realize, oh, they're talking to me like this. I need this because I have X, Y, Z problem or I need it for X, Y, Z need, whatever the situation is. So one thing that we'll talk about, um, and we're going to actually hit home on it in the first month in my private Facebook group in March, our topic of the month is finding and cultivating your target audience. Because if we don't know who we're talking to, we can't talk to them well. We can't brand the message. We can't, you know, it's not going to resonate. You're going to get crickets. Um and so that is where we're starting in the Facebook group on purpose, very intentionally, because um, I know that is a very common issue with small businesses. We kind of don't know, like we, we we know what we offer. We know that we want to put it out there. And we just think that if we build it, they will come. And a lot mm-hmm. of times that's not how it, how it goes. <laughs> um, yeah. So we will go through an exercise in there about basically making an actual profile of a physical person. Mm-hmm. And we'll answer questions like, who are they? And that's very much more than surface level stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, what are their pain points? Why would they come to you? How Mm -hmm. can you solve their problem? Okay. And even down to things like where are they spending their time when they're looking for you? Are they Google? Are they Googling? Are they on social media looking for people? Are they asking their friends and family that we, when we discover where they're coming from, it makes it so much easier to speak to them because we meet them where they're at. And so we go through this whole, it's like eight or nine questions long. Um, and then we go through a lot of the questions people will answer. What I find is a lot of the people answer these questions, like, you know, very surface level, which is, which is fine at the beginning. But I'm, when I talk about like, how can you help them? Like, what do you, cause I say to them, what do you, what do you offer them to help their their problem? And then, oh, well, I offer like my example, be like, I offer branding for small businesses. Mm-hmm. When really what I'm trying to get them to do, and we get there eventually, is I want them to talk about the experience. I offer a solution to someone who doesn't understand how to market and brand their businesses, and I make that easy and accessible for them. Mm-hmm. So it's so about good. taking the surface level profile that we do and we dive into the experience that they need to have, and that will help you understand your target audience so much easier. That's so good. Oh my gosh. You said so many good, like golden nuggets in there. (laughs) I I love that. I hope like everybody has like pen and pencil out and they're just like writing it all down. Cause I feel like I could go back and listen to this and like take notes (laughs) of everything that you're saying. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's so sweet of you to say, but yeah, it's, it's true. We have to, we have to create, cause think about it as a consumer, put yourself in the consumer position, which we also do. You're, you're not looking for 99% of the time. Okay. You're not mm-hmm. looking for some cold transactional, like you're like, Oh, I had it. I had what an experience. I'll just use a boutique. Like you, you know, you order, they send you like, there's a boutique and I cannot remember who it is. And they're in, they're in the Western industry. They used to send you a thank you email after you ordered. And it was like tailored, not though. Thank you for your order. Here's your order number. Here's your tracking. Like I'm mm-hmm. talking like, we value your business. It came not, you got that email with all your, your good information and they sent you another one. That's super that felt so tailored and so nice. And it didn't even have to be, it was probably a template, but it just, it wasn't on there. Like it just was, it was so good. Chef's kiss to them. And if I figure out who it is, I'll have to tell you. Um, yeah. but it's even like, I talked to you, like it's pre-customer service. 
It's post-customer service. I mean, branding is so much more like we don't want that cold transactional relationship. You know, like with a boutique, you get your package, there's a handwritten thank you note inside. Like you're going to probably be like, oh, that was really nice of them to take the time, like for the shipping girls to write me a little thank you note. Like we know who it comes from. That's fine. But they're taking the time to do these things and make you feel extra special. Um, and those so, little things go a long way with people. Like you don't even realize they it. Absolutely do. They absolutely do. So, you know, we've talked about all sorts of stuff with, with branding, but I, I did forget to mention, and it's a very important part is the pre and post customer service. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to cultivate that relationship. You have to offer value before you ever expect someone to buy anything from you, you know? And then, and it can be something, it can be a a tip. It doesn't have to be like, you know, I'm just shelling out everything I know or what, you know, all the thing or discounts. It doesn't have to be any of that. It can just be those personal touches. And then I always say, like, if you take enough time at the end, after, after the customer is is gone, they have their product, their service, you know, touch base with them. How's the, how are things going? Like, and that looks different, obviously for every business and what they offer, but I work with my clients on that. And we talk about those pain, those, um, excuse me, those touch points on how you can do that and cultivate that relationship, because that's one of the golden nuggets to me on, if you want referrals, Mm -hmm. that's how you're going to get them. Yeah. Mm, That's so good. So is there anything, since most of the people listening to this tend to be those rural women, maybe they're Western business owners and they're trying to get into the Western space online. Do you have any branding tips specifically for, because I think it's very trendy right now to put on a cowboy hat and it's, you know, and I think where it's- As I sit here with mine on top of my head. (laughs) I know, know. but I, (laughs) even for people and- it's kind of like a bittersweet thing because I think it's, it's awesome that so many people are taking interest in this community and this lifestyle. And, um, that I think it's bringing a lot of awareness to agriculture. And I think that's great, but I think there's obviously a crowd of people out there that are just doing it as (laughs) a fashion statement and it is what it is, but Yellowstone outfit of the month. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, it's like, eh, I don't know, but for, for people that are like generally trying to make a go at this and they're trying to have a business in this industry, do you have any specific tips for them? Because there's so many, like this industry is growing, it's getting bigger and it can feel easy to get lost in all the noise. Like everybody's, everybody's wearing a cowboy hat, wearing boots, wearing, doing whatever. Like it's hard to stand out in something like that. And I think whether it's this industry or any industry, people can feel like that. You know, if you want to be a photographer, if you want to be a graphic designer, if you want to be whatever, it's, it's easy to think, oh, well, there's 5 million of them out there. Like what makes me think I can start something like that? Who wants to buy from me? So do you just have any tips for maybe specific things like that on how to stand out? Yeah. So I think, um, that this goes beyond your visuals. So I always say it's bad plug for me, but (laughs) you can have a horrible logo to start out with. Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully you come see me or someone else who you gravitate toward their style, but the way you're going to set yourself apart is those things we talked about a little while ago, the, the experience, the, the way your messaging is out there to people. And I always say something that we're all, a lot of us are scared to do because we're, the exposure feels so real and raw mm-hmm. is do it your way, right? Like we can get lost in the suck of mm-hmm. going and comparing ourselves to other people. And I think it's about, if you have an idea 
and you want to try to do something different, run with that, embrace the fear and go for it. Because I mean, I, again, I'm my own example. And I, I like that because then, I mean, I'm, I try to, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk. Like I, I didn't want to put out there to the world. I remember it was 2018. I had just said, I'm going to do this full time. I didn't put on a cowboy hat. I didn't tell people where I lived. Yeah. I didn't, um, you know, show behind the scenes of our cattle or our, you know, whatever the situation, because I, thought at the time, even being the marketing and branding person that I was going to alienate an audience that I had built and worked very hard to build by being who I was. Mm -hmm. And once I started to do that, um, and I started to actually do a course on social media, show up, how to project yourself authentically online. Um, that was a game changer for me. And the course came because I just started to do it. And I was like, other people need to hear that it's okay. And they don't need to be afraid, you know? Um, so do it your own way, whether that's the business side or, you know, just all the things, if you have an idea, like embrace the fear and try it. I think we're so scared of failure. Um, I think it's a little bit as women, we're scared of failure in Mm. general. Um, we're taught not to fail. We're taught to look perfect and do the things and be this and be that. And I mean, I can't take credit for this. I don't know where I heard it, but it's stuck in my mind for years from something I read or something that I saw online. And it was, you only fail if you give up. Like failure is not a thing until you literally throw in the towel and go, I'm done. That's good. And I remember being like, Oh, that, that gave me motivation to keep going because I was so scared to put out who I was authentically and stuff like that. But, um, from a business perspective, try the things try the things. Like if you have an idea and you want to do it. And the other thing with it is be consistent. So many people want to start a business, think they can be an entrepreneur. And when it doesn't go well in two weeks, they're like, well, it's them, not me. Mm, Yes. Yes. And you're like, I'm like, no, (laughs) actually it's you. Yeah. It's really you. (laughs) So consistency, and that doesn't mean over two months. It doesn't mean over a year. It means you have made a, what I call a business lifestyle change to be committed to this. If you really want it, um, and be consistent. I mean, that's stay the course on all sorts of business practices, like not even your branding and marketing. I mean, it's stay consistent on, you know, talking to your audience and cultivating them, stay consistent on the value that you offer, stay consistent on knowing your numbers and your analytics. You can help grow your business because we all just want to put it out there. And then we want to sit back and wait. And Mm -hmm. you've got to know the ins and outs of the back end of that, where they're coming from, how you're going to talk to them. You know, did you lose money this year? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. are your sales not as good? Why? Yeah. You can't just know the thing in front of you, right? Like, oh, well, sales were down. And then, like, why? Yeah. You know, there's so. so much power in knowing your numbers too. I mean, it can be scary and intimidating because everybody wants it to be a positive thing. But I feel like even if it is like you took a loss, like you said, you, you learn from that and you go, okay, why is it this way? And then you can use that as fuel you to grow. Pivot. And, and, yeah. You pivot <laughs> you and you change our favorite word out. <laughs> there are power in numbers, people like know your yes. numbers. I think that's so, so important to, and uh, that was something back to my corporate job that I knew it, but the, to see how they, how, you know, all that, 
And so now like that was something that I knew like in my offering, my e-course, I was like, I have to teach people how to be small business owners, yeah. not the, like you can go out and to market and you can buy the things and you can do the, all that, but how to be a business owner. Yeah. It, there's so much power in that. And um, I mean, that's why a lot of businesses fail in three to five years is because people don't know how to run a business from all the nitty gritty that people don't see. Okay. You can have the best product in the world. You can have the best customer care in the world, but if you don't know how to manage the financial aspect, the analytical aspect of your business, yeah. it's not going to end well. Yeah. And that's why I put together the course. Cause I was like, we've got to just teach. And that's, that's no fault of anybody's. That's just the fact that like, I went to school for it. I learned in the corporate world from it. And now I want to take that knowledge and give it to people who want to know how to grow, optimize, scale their businesses. Um, so yeah, we can all, we can all do the front stuff, but it's the back behind stuff that nobody sees that's gonna make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to do the fun stuff. Nobody wants to do the the actual business, like backbone stuff. And, and that's hard. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, it. and it's overwhelming sometimes to people to know how to do it. And that's, I've tried to take the overwhelm out of, of that because I found that that was severely lacking, like not even just in the Western rural industry, but just in general, I, I felt, I found a huge gap for small business owners, you know, that wasn't $10,000, you know, how to, how to do all this stuff. Um, and so I just thought it's not out there. I have to make it. Gosh. Yeah. That's uh, so powerful. And I think you are just offering such a great thing to people and to small businesses that is, is truly remarkable. And I think it, it is going to help so many people. And so I just, I give you so many props for, for doing what you do. Um, you're, yeah, you're, so you're really sweet. awesome and you're clearly so knowledgeable about it. And so, um, I love, I feel like I could just ask you a million questions and talk to you all day, but <laughs> <laughs> I do Don't just tell me with a good time. Cause it might happen. I know. Just... Right. <laughs> the first ever six hour podcast. Yes. <laughs> Eyes glazed over at, at, at hour two. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Part two coming soon. Um, yeah, yeah. But I would just like to end on one random question that I've started asking everybody for my own entertainment. And oh, that it. is, <laughs> this is branding. By the way, this is branding. The fact that you're doing this. <laughs> right. I love it. That's okay. a good point. And it has nothing to do with anything. I was like trying so hard. Like, what do I want my question to be? I was like, I feel like I should make it like agriculture related or something. But then I just decided that something funnier because it's so random and different for everybody. But my question is, what is the last thing that you Googled? <laughs> oh, can I, can I look? Yeah, you can look, you can look. I don't remember, but it was probably some sort of like mom hack or life skill. Here. <laughs> it's always so different. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, I Googled how to pay my dumpster bill online. <laughs> I love wow. it. Wow. I am so not entertaining. <laughs> it's 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 food, food related um things because I love to cook. And then uh -huh. but 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 admittedly, I did it this morning. I needed to pay my dumpster bill and mm -hmm. I Googled the website for the dumpster company because yes. I can never remember it. It's some weird portal website. Um 
so that's good. It. I needed to pay for my trash service this morning, people. So aren't you glad you stayed till the end of this podcast episode yeah. to be the worst answer to that question <laughs> has ever seen? Right. Yes. Everybody, <laughs> go leave a comment on the Instagram post for this. <laughs> I am a failure. I failed you, Sarah. I'm so everyone sorry. just comment dumpster so we all know. And then it'll be really confusing to anybody who hasn't listened. They'll be like, why is everyone commenting the word dumpster? Dumpster. <laughs> Like, like, is she hinting that this whole episode was a dumpster fire? Yeah, it's trash. <laughs> no. So funny. Yeah, that's so that's just, good. There, there it is. I'm, I'm, I'm being. I was, I was adulting this morning, and I, I, I so. love it. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, that's so funny. So, Aaron, where can people find you online? Where can they come hang out with you, work with you, see all your day to day life, all the things? Oh my gosh. Come hang out with me. I love it. I have such a great community. So, um, obviously I have my website, which is trustnerdesigns.com if you're interested in any of the services or just looking to chat with me just to talk. I'm so no pressure. I love to get to know people. Um, but I'm huge on, I love Instagram. I'm, I feel like it's this, it's the community for me and, and it's, it's great. So my handle is just my business trustner designs, nothing fancy. I have a Facebook page. I have a wonderful community over there. That's actually the social media that started it all. Um, and then I have my hobby blog is um, the Fisher Upper. Fisher has is F I S C H E R because we call our house the Fisher Upper. Um, so if you That's just so want to connect on a more personal level and see a lot about me on a personal side, I do have that. You might find a recipe you want to try on the way. Um, my cute son's on there, all the things. So, I love but. It. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, good. Oh my gosh. Well, it was such a pleasure talking to you. I hope everybody comes and hangs out with you. Um, you're, you're really so fun. And I think your branding is really fun and, and just everything that you have to offer, I think is so awesome. So I think people are going to learn a lot and take a lot from you. And, and I learned just as much from them. So thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. It has been so much fun. You've just finished another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. And if that doesn't make you happier than a rooster on Sunday, then I don't know what will. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Branded Cowgirl podcast and TikTok. Also join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can find it by searching Branded Cowgirl podcast insiders or head to the link in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. It means the absolute world to me to read your kind words, but it also helps other amazing rural women find the show as well. If you would like to sponsor an episode or advertise on the Branded Cowgirl podcast, then please head to sarahelrod.com slash sponsor BCP for more information. Thanks again for being here and I'll talk to you in the next one.